Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we lick, I mean like, or bay at each Bare Naked Ladies song, one at a time, seven to Y. I am your host, Tracy, and today my wolf pack consists of... Aaron. Rar. <laughs> and Michelle. <laughs> hey, Tracy. You know, it's funny, uh, I was driving home from work and I saw some updog on the side of the road, and uh, I don't know, it's just really odd. <laughs> some updog? Yeah. Okay, I, I have never heard that term. What is updog? Oh, nothing much. What's up with you? Uh, <laughs> you guys are so. Alright, that is totally staying in. <laughs> so that was a wonderful setup. <laughs> so corny. I'm not even a dad. How do I do it? I don't know. Utter perfection. <laughs> so tonight's song is Bag of Bones off the 2017 album Fake Nudes. Now, we are not talking about the Stephen King novel, which goes by the same name. It does. Although, like the main character of that book, I think I still suffer delusions during the song. Um, delusions that I thought I understood what was actually going on, though. Um, <laughs> I quite like so, it. <laughs> sorry, Kevin. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> so for those who haven't listened to the new album or don't own it or have never heard this song, here's a quick snippet. This song is written and sung by Kevin Hearn, and I will be attaching a um, YouTube video of the song so you can hear it. It's not an actual video. Once again, it's just a Mm. compilation of pictures with the music in the background. Tip of the hat, Kevin. Really good song. It's really interesting. Yeah. It's almost like three songs in one. I like it, too. (laughs) Interesting you should say that. (laughs) <laughs> kind of reminded me of almost things like, well, Bohemian Rhapsody, Stairway to Heaven, Day in the Life, Band on the Run. A lot of those songs that did start out as disparate, disparate songs became kind of weaved, woven together. I wonder if that was the case with this. I'm not sure, but uh, very interesting songs. A lot of, a lot of interesting musical uh, people, like music people, like me, like people who went to school for music, are geeking out over the song as they're listening to it. <laughs> for, for me, my note was Kid Rock. Meets the Beach Boys. Meets waiting on a friend. Wicked Beach Boys. Nice. And the saxophone solo at the end. I'm like, this is waiting on a friend from the Rolling Stones. Totally. (laughs) Oh, good pull. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what hit me. And I finally, people who have been listening to us regularly know that I have, I love Kevin. We That is an established fact. I love Kevin. <laughs> but his voice, I have I've certainly compared him like to the Muppets or Fraggle Rock or whatever, um, or like an after school special, his vocal style. Mm-hmm. I finally, it hit me listening to this song, what his voice actually reminds me of. Um, if you remember Schoolhouse Rock, the eight, the figure eight song, eight, it would be great. It's that voice. Oh, yeah. It's the same kind of tone. And I was like, that's what it is. That's what 
I am hearing when I hear his voice. So, um, a very cool song, very interesting, but that's my thing on it. Okay. <laughs> no, definitely. So, I don't have a lot to say on this song, so, well, well I will later on, but not right this second. So, why don't we get right over to the music? Break down, break down, break down. Aaron's gonna talk about structure and time. All right, let's do that thing. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, Bag of Bones. There wasn't much I, I could find in researching this. There's probably something somewhere where someone has really, really broken this down in extremely uh, granular details. So this is going to be kind of shoddy in comparison, I'm sure. But for my analysis, uh, I the main bulk of the song seems to be in, in the key of G sharp or A flat. Same thing, really. But it's about, and again, I'm using all this uh, kind of uh, fuzzy terminology because there are so many changes to the song. Uh, it's about 97 BPM, which is an odd tempo, both literally and figuratively. Uh, <laughs> It starts off, the structure, it starts off with an intro, which is really the same as what I'm going to call the pre-chorus, which would be like the B section of the song. Goes into the verse, the A section, then the pre-chorus, the B, the chorus is the C, uh, back into the verse, then another pre-chorus, this time with some beatbox scratching, uh, then into the chorus, (laughs) then into this amazing outro, but the outro is so long so sonically significant and so different that I'm inclined to call it almost more of a bridge although it's a bridge to nowhere because it closes the song out so I'll call it a bridge <laughs> slash outro so we've basically got it the, the form ends up being B-A-B-C-A-B-C-D again fairly unusual not not your typical pop rock uh, form and and hashtag hashtag for this episode yeah Hashtag Bridge to Nowhere. Bridge to Nowhere. I like it. I like it. Oh, definitely. Uh, <laughs> now, now I'm thinking of uh, The Road to Nowhere. We're on the road yes. to nowhere. Great song. Anyways, uh, so yeah, the uh, lots of different time signatures too, which I love. I love the different time signatures. The, the pre-chorus... Pre-chorus is in six four. Uh, you, yeah, I see Tracy <laughs> making a, a strange. <laughs> wow! Thing because uh, so yeah. that's the bag of bones. Yeah, dirt, or that's the, the dogs the, part. That's dogs, the, yeah, dirty dogs, bag right. dogs. So what's yeah. happening is you might expect it because it's you know when you, when you talk about time signatures, the top value is how many of them, how many beats of a particular type per measure, and the bottom number is what what measure holds the what kind of beat so pardon me yeah, what kind of uh, uh, note value holds the beat so gotcha you know you might expect this to be like in three four or like something like i don't even know like uh, six eight or twelve four but it's not subdivided that way if you follow the the flow of the song it's you listen to the drums it's going like in a four four rock beat they're just adding on two measures so it's like adding two. It's a pardon, not measure. It's like adding two notes to a four-four measure. Uh, I've heard this before. You know, in, in some rock bands, progressive rock bands, and stuff like that, will do this. Like Rush and Dream Theater and stuff like that. Yes, um, King Crimson. 
a lot of you know the tool a lot of bands that like to play around time signatures uh radiohead they will do this it's like it's it's not quite three four because it would be you'd be dividing up you, you kind of define the time signature by where the middle is and in this case it's not divided up in like a one two three one two three it's like a one two three four five six one two and you go back so it's almost like one two three four one two one two three four one two so that would be six four that's probably the most unusual time signature in it but we do indeed have uh the the verse is just in four four it's in basic four over four up in smoke rock kind of pop time uh but the outro is in 12-4 which is one of my absolute favorite times wow it's like a it's like a waltz but usually if it's 12-4 or 12-8 depending on how you count it it's a little faster, and it's like a swung waltz. It's it's, ha- it's, it's very common in jazz. Um, if you want to listen to something like, um, go out and go load up Spotify and listen to, is it John Coltrane who did uh, My Favorite Things, but did a jazz version of it? That's like in a kind of a 12-4 jazz waltz. I love that time signature. It's very cool, and it gave a very interesting almost ethereal quality to that outro um i wonder if he picked that up from lou reed when he was very him. possibly because lou reed was also lou reed the saxophone yeah. at the end the, yeah. the bridge to nowhere definitely felt like lou reed to yeah me, i could hear sure. his influence in that 100 that's, that's a very good uh, very good astute observation sir um well, that only comes from knowing that he played with lou reed for a good period of time i love lou reed i love back. velvet underground that, that makes a lot of sense, actually, that they would have that influence. Um, one of the things that struck me most about this, and I'm sorry, I'll let you guys talk after a second here, but I just have a lot to say because <laughs> it's a very musically interesting song. Um, one of the things that struck me most was the abruptness of the changes, the transitions between almost no transitions, really. It just goes from one, you know, one kind of uh, time signature to another. It goes from one feel to another. It just sort of like crashes into the next part um and it's that abruptness is you know that could be very jarring um but they pull it off and and it's uh we someone's got to start like a counter for how many times i compare bare naked ladies to they might be giants but uh this very much reminds me of they might be giants they do a lot of stuff like that they have the odd time signatures boomy synth sax sudden changes in time signature and mood a lot of they might be giants uh, they might be giants influence in this song i think which is interesting because i thought a lot of that was coming from steven uh, but maybe kevin also is a big fan i mean they're probably all pretty big fans uh, but uh that's you know wow i really really enjoyed this song quite a lot um i don't even know where i would place this in the pantheon but uh i i like that more again it's one of those ones that grew on me right out of the gate with the big dogs <laughs> dirty dogs <laughs> i was like what the hell am i listening to and then uh, i was not this expecting to like it from bnl <laughs> i was not yeah i was not expecting to like it as much as i did by the end certainly by that beautiful outro it had won me over and uh, i think as soon as i heard the abrupt changes i was like oh, i see what they're doing and this is kind of interesting i like it so uh, yeah, very so, very interesting song. Go ahead, please take it take it away from me. <laughs> well, what did you make of the abrupt changes? Like what? Because you were like, oh, I see what they're doing. I got to be honest, I didn't see what they oh, were doing. So, with the abrupt change. I mean, I, so it's impossible for me to say this without sounding. I don't want to be that guy who's like, oh, everything's already been done. It's all been done. It's all been done. <laughs> it's so true, though. 
but no, next um, year we'll get uh, to that. And I, I certainly, <laughs> it would be this. This song is a far cry from um, from derivative, or you know, it, it's certainly a very uh, creative and original tune. What I do mean by that is there is though um, a certain type of progressive rock song that sort of does that. It just instead of instead of transitioning kind of smoothly, something like um, if Pink Floyd used an unusual time signature, or even Radiohead to a large extent, and there are, there are newer examples of a band that might do it very gradually or subtly. Um, and then there are other bands like Rush or King Crimson uh, that are very in your face about it, or Tool, and they will they will tool. be like, "Hey, Definitely we're changing tool. the time signature now." And it's like it's kind of a form of showing off musically. I think a lot of yeah, it's what I call an it's a it's a it's a music student song. It's, it's like one of those songs <laughs> where you're like, "Hey, I know theory," you know, and it's like it's kind of showing <laughs> off to a certain extent. But also, Look it can be used, yeah, it can be used also for emotional effect because if you think about, it, especially if you're tying it in with what's going on with the lyrics, it can make a kind of a programmatic effect like if you're writing from the position of maybe the narrator of the song um is sort of like off kilter or something to suddenly go into an on time signature kind of makes the music fit what's being said in the lyrics uh so i think that's kind of an interesting take i would have to really do more analysis on the on the uh the lyrics to really feel like i knew that's what they were doing but uh very interesting and i liked it a lot yeah I thought it was so interesting. Like, it definitely doesn't sound like a classic. I'm making air quotes. Classic. <laughs> um, for the viewers who are listening and can't see me. Yeah. Um, Which is not, all of them. This is everybody. It's not a classic BNL song, but it's cool as heck. It really like, is. It's, it just, it won me over immediately, that, that intro or the B section, as you called it, Aaron. Mm. Um, it just is cool. And one of my notes was, um, I love the synth Barry sax. You yes. know, it's just like that, yep. that grindy I noticed um, that like immediately in, in, sound. In, in, uh, and it should be jarring. I mean, they could make two different songs or three different songs out of each of the parts, you know, yeah. and have a continuum. But they work so well together. It's really cool. I just, I loved it. Huh. I had difficulty with those big, sharp moves. Like, for me, so I'm a huge Beatles fan. Yeah. Who'd have guessed after, yeah. after <laughs> listening to Alphabetical? <laughs> you don't listen to a podcast for two and a half years unless you love the band. You know, like, you mentioned Day in the Life. I absolutely adore that song. Some people don't like that song, and I absolutely adore it. And I love how there's that big switch in the middle. Yeah. And woke up. One of the things that's that I like about it is there's a big switch, but it's a transition. It's not sharp. Mm-hmm. And the only way to put it is that there is a transition in between them, so I'm ready for it. Tracy, I'm um, gonna I'm gonna use a word that that food artists <laughs> there's one that I say food artists that a chef might use they, they say rustic so if somebody makes a cut along a, a piece of meat but it's like jagged and looks like that, that's like an aesthetic and I feel like that's what's being done here with these transitions they're not smoothed over they're very intentionally rough I mean they're not rough like I, I don't want I want to be careful the way I describe this because it doesn't sound amateurish or, or, or like they made a mistake it's very very no. it's very um, precise intentional. Well, it's intentional it's very intentional right and it's very clearly intentional and I think that's why I'm inclined to kind of like if you think about it I, and I, I really don't... If you guys have any insight, we'll talk about the lyrics in a second, I imagine. If you guys have any insight into the lyrics, uh, I, I'm a little bit at a loss. Uh, but, I mean, big dogs, uh, barking dogs, biting dogs, that's sort of not really a very pleasant uh, image. 
And uh, I, maybe the the six four unusual time signature is is meant to invoke a sense of unease that would go along with that, as well as these sudden transitions. <clears throat> Just an idea. Yeah. And to me, uh, oh. go ahead. Go ahead, Michelle. Well, I was just going to kind of transition a little bit and go into um, the lyrics as what Aaron was just saying, like the unease. I so can, before we get into, before we yeah. jump into that, can I finish a, a thought I had on the, on the music? Please. So one of the things that threw me off, one of the things I have to admit I didn't like about the song from the very beginning yeah. was that first note. <laughs> um, it's very weird to say that about a song, but it's an only—it's only a single note to start the song, and then you have the sound of dogs barking. <laughs> but I don't think it's actual dogs. I think it's probably think it's humans pretending yeah, to be dogs. Sure. I picture it being Tyler. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> either Tyler or Ed, or maybe all of them. I don't know, but what they were kind of throwing it in there. But that first note, like, I went back, I listened to the song beforehand, I listened to the song afterwards, and I, like, it's, this is definitively part of that song. It wasn't clipped from another song, it doesn't fit with the song that comes before it. It's supposed to be part of the song, but I just don't get the purpose of that note to start the song, and it, it wasn't a jarring note. It just didn't fit in with the rest of the feel of the song, and so I didn't under like it. Does it, it not set me off because I didn't understand it. I just assumed it was like a holdover from the previous track. Um, no, it wasn't, and it doesn't even it doesn't meet. And I'm not a music major in any way, yeah. so let me put that through right now. But it doesn't, from my understanding, and from I, I'm very good with like my ear and kind of listening. Mm-hmm. From my ear, it doesn't sound, after listening to the other song, that it matches the key of the other song where it finishes off and the chords that are on the other song. Well, that might actually be even more the reason why they do that, because that would be quite jarring as well. To to suddenly be very much in your face and unexpectedly uh, uh, hit with an out-of-key, or what would seem to be an out-of-key note from the last track, but is actually the beginning of a new track. And I noticed it is a very high-pitched, I mean, it's not like super, super sonic, but, you know, high-pitched sound, dog whistle, it might be kind of a a start to that as well. Right. Or maybe it's a palate cleanser. (laughs) Again, we're back to the food metaphors. (laughs) Mm, Exactly. Exactly. I, um... What I was going to say... Uh-oh. Everything okay? I don't know. Keep this in. <laughs> <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor. Yeah. Bare Naked Ladies is brought to you by Big Dogs Diner. <laughs> Big oh! Barking Dogs. Biting Dogs. <laughs> we have a special on hot dogs and corn dogs. Come on in. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, no worries. That's okay. We can put in the plug for our sponsor while you're gone. <laughs> Great, I'll hear it when I'm editing. <laughs> I'll probably keep all of that in. <laughs> I have a child that won't sleep right now. <laughs> what I was going to say about Aaron's comment about the um, barking dog section, I wonder if it's, to me, it felt like a bunch of guys hanging out, kind of that male machismo, you know, like big dogs, barking dogs, like, you Red know, more dogs. Reservoir Dogs, right? <laughs> so I just thought that was kind of interesting. Like it was more two sides to the coin. Like you've got this external, we're tough guys, 
and then you've got the internal Kevin Beach Boy section. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of a range of emotion. And him talking about um, his old bag of bones. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of the external and the internal. Perhaps. I think yeah. so, yeah. I mean, uh, that... Basically, that section, the Kid Rock section is what I call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Pictured, I picture the four of the bare naked ladies in leather jackets like hanging out outside like um jay and silent bob outside of an easy mart um you know just hanging out on the corner Most yeah I'm, I'm gonna be the voice of of like unhappiness Uh-oh. during the oh here comes the hater the <laughs> hater music that he's been drinking Thanks. his haterade that's the problem dear, with angry people they try to go it alone digging in and making Yep, there's the hater music, thank you. (laughs) Alright. I didn't like Ed's laugh in the middle of the song. Mm. That that really fake laugh that he has in the middle of the song. It sounds half-hearted, I don't get why. He's a better actor than that. It's gonna be intentional. I just didn't like it. So, like, I, I liken it to uh, Johnny Depp doing Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Johnny Depp always does very brave and very intentional and very strong choices. I just don't always agree with his intentional strong choices. And and I think that's kind of the situation here for Ed with that laugh. I'm sure that there was a reason for it. I just didn't like it. I don't even know if I noticed it. Yeah, I'm I trying. to notice it. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle read my mind. I'm like trying. I'm racking my brain, going, "What laugh?" Uh, I just I, I, I have the song up here. The, yeah, I was I'll, paying I'll, attention to the the synth Barry Sax. That was what yeah, had my attention. Yeah, I was just like reveling in the the gorgeousity of the. <laughs> it's probably about a, a, it's probably about a minute and a half to two minutes in. He just goes. <laughs> it's like okay. Oh. Oh, <laughs> you heard it. <laughs> yeah. How did I not know what you were talking about? Um, th- wow. So Tracy, it's interesting. I have a song where I do the exact same thing. I I, I sell it a bit more, but I think the fact you that sell it more. Yeah. That's the thing. I've heard your your yeah, song. You know what I'm you talking do about. That. Yeah, and you sell that. Well, okay, so and it's intentional, right? Well, I just don't feel like it's intentional here. too. I, I feel like this is me doing Heath Ledger Joker. And that's him doing Jack Nicholson Joker. That's the only difference. <laughs> it's like he's being hammy and silly, and he's like saying, "This is the silly thing. I'm doing an evil laugh here." Ha 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 ha. You know, I, yes. I was trying to be like, you know, legitimately trying to sound menacing. And I think what he was doing is being very passive aggressive Canadian and going, "You're not going to be threatened by me. I'm just going to be like, ha ha ha." He's like, it's it's it's, it's the old, uh, <laughs> it's the bailing out of the joke halfway through. It's the Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. I, I kind of like it. It's endearing yes. for me. But I'm Canadian. So I'm half Canadian, so. I, <laughs> I can I can see what you mean though. So lyrics. Does mm. anyone have anything on the lyrics? So I feel like these aren't Kevin's simplest lyrics. But they're also not his most convoluted lyrics. They don't make a lot of sense to me. I feel like he makes... I feel like he's a better writer than this. uh, Especially the first two lines of the song. I feel like he just kind of uses a trope. But he repeats himself unnecessarily in it. Like, now I know and now I can see. It was a joke. It was on me. Um, It just feels like he's trying to fill space to get to the next rhyme. Instead of actually, like... It, it was a joke. It was on me. Like, the joke was on me. 
Like, it, it feels like he could be a lot more concise, and he's a better writer than that. Sorry, Kevin. Um, like I said, I just feel like he's filling space there. I feel like the song is about a person that's meandering kind of through life, as though he's in a fog after a romantic separation. And if things were to be all right again, he would bring himself back. So that's yeah. why he's talking about his body as a bag of bones, bag of bones and the yeah. euphemism that's what of I bringing out of that back. Yeah, and there's that play of Bag of Bones on God to the Dogs. Like, I get the play on words that he's doing there, but right. to ravel the whole song around that, I feel like it's a one-line one joke. And Weird Al does this sometimes, too, and I love Weird Al, but there are certain songs where Weird Al has, like, the whole song wrapped around this one joke, and it goes on too long, and I, I there are times uh, I feel that that's kind of going on It's here. like those movies that are based on a premise that should have been a five-minute SNL skit, but instead they made it into a 90 <laughs> to 120-minute film, and you're like, why did you do that? Uh, <laughs> or an SNL skit I'm that not- is premised around one line of a joke that goes on for five minutes. I'm, I'm not sure that I entirely <laughs> agree, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, the, the lyrics for me are not the draw here. It's the music. But I will say this. I, a couple of lines hit me. Uh, memories of scenery are floating in my head few things. First of all, this reminded me of uh, Memories of Green by Vangelis from the Blade Runner soundtrack, which is one of my favorite uh, instrumental piano tunes. But also, the uh, the harmonies at that point are gorgeous. Uh, yes. Very Beach Boys. Uh, very, very... Yeah. Oh my god, I loved it. That's I think that I think when that line hit the first time they heard the chorus and it hit that line, I was like, okay, I was sold on it. That's when I really started liking this song. Um, because it just goes all over the place. And actually, there's one song... It was the last comparison I make this episode, I promise. But, um, I'm going to hold you by, to that. I want to say that. <laughs> but I want you to listen to the song, Tracy. It's a really good song. Uh, uh, it's a song by the Dismemberment Plan, and the song is called What Do You Want Me to Say? Uh, and it, it starts off... The, the verse it has this really discordant, ugly brutal bam 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 like single note being hammered away on the guitar it sounds almost like a beeping alarm or something it's very almost industrial sounding and it's horrible okay. <laughs> it's horrible but in a very beautiful way and then you know the the lyric the lyrical melody line is this kind of weaving uh, line it goes back and forth it's almost a nauseating effect but then it busts out into this big beautiful chorus that is extremely melodic and harmonious and uh, the chorus is like really really talented progressive uh, kind of artsy rock band going you know hey listen to this song you don't like it you don't like it do you bam hitting you with this beautiful chorus but like yeah we can make music like this we just choose to also throw in this stuff that you think is ugly because it's interesting and different to us so uh, I, like I love that song and that kind of reminded me to a certain extent of this not that I think this was uh, this was an ugly song at any point but um the transition there reminded me of it because they go right into this big beautiful chorus uh so i really like that and as a you know the 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 single line kind of stuck out in my head because of that but also uh what was it mrs jones uh yeah you uh when the blind you said you feel lost i know what it's like when the blind lead the blind into the night i did like that line i like it but i don't feel like it fits anything well, I want so, like if you guys want to fill me in, like I I feel no, like I'm missing okay. something here's, here. Here's Aaron's hot take. I don't know if we need a new intro song. For Aaron's hot take <laughs> on the lyrics. Now I'm not a lyric. Aaron's hot take. Thank you, Michelle. Uh, so yeah, we gotta we gotta cut that out and use it in future episodes. There we go. So my hot take on what the song may mean, and I'm just kind of randomly shooting it out there. I, I think you know I think to a certain extent it's about aging. It's about 
um, is about you know kind of awareness of one's own mortality. It's a little kind of morbid, maybe because I think the idea maybe you know memories of scenery are floating through my head. All I want is everything to be all right again. Um, I, and then there's you know things like Mrs. Jones uh, walking your dog down the street. You feel lost with the blind leading the blind to the night. Uh, kind of reminded me of uh, uh, Dylan Thomas. Uh, Do not go gentle into that good night. So maybe Mrs. Jones is like an old lady. I see the dog. She may be blind. Uh, you know. Um, maybe she's an older woman she might be you know moving towards towards the end of her life so i wonder if this song is about awareness of one's mortality pining for the older days and and maybe you know Which holding on to those memories of better times considering what kevin's gone through yeah that, i mean that might be his perspective and i think there was another song that kind of had that sort of Slightly melancholy. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, um, to it too. I don't remember which one it was, but it was like that kind of looking back, looking retro, like a retrospective look back on 20, things. Was it twenty twenty hindsight? Yeah, maybe. That's hilarious. Um, which is the second song after this? Well, there you go. So actually, that's interesting. But my hot take. So that's, that's all setting up my theory. Aaron's <laughs> hot take. <laughs> That's awesome. You just made my night. Uh, and I get to take those two takes and layer them over each other yeah, now. Like, put on some reverb. Um, no, but uh, my, my hot take is that the dogs actually represent death. The dogs are something that's mm. chasing you. You're always co being constantly chased by these big dogs. They're barking and snarling and biting. You cannot ever escape them. You can only hope to outrun them temporarily. So uh, maybe that's just the the depressive uh, existentialist in me. Uh, but it seems it reminds me of like uh, Dostoevsky. You know what I mean? It's like writing about the fact that you know your existence will eventually come to the end. Do what you might. Uh, so this is a person who is very much lost in the past. Instead of trying to make the most out of what life they have left, they are living in the past, trying to trying to recapture their former glory. Uh, so maybe it's a it's a cautionary tale. I don't know, but that's just kind of my. Do you have any takes on it, Michelle? You know what? Usually I'm all about the lyrics, but this one I just I let it hit me like a wall of sound, and I didn't really concentrate on the lyrics. I just went on a musical journey with it, um, as far as the sound goes, and I just kind of dug into that. So lyric wise, I don't have anything to add, um, but I just I really like the song. Yes, it's a lovely sonic spectacle. Definitely. So why don't if if people I don't have anything extra to add about this song. Um, why don't we get to the ratings? All right. Um, the ratings originally it was going to be how many big dogs do we give it? <laughs> but after Aaron's hashtag, we're going to change that to how many bridges to nowhere do you give this? <laughs> I had to just change uh, it up because hashtag bridge to nowhere. Um, Let's get that thing on Twitter. Join the conversation, that. folks. Join the conversation. <laughs> Hashtag Bridge to Nowhere. Um, so I give this song four bridges to nowhere. Wow, very nice. I loved it. It's wow. like it's not a, a quote unquote classic BNL song, but it's cool as heck. I love it. I would probably actually seek this out which is saying something because i don't mm. usually listen to the new stuff so um thumbs up well done guys oh very nice yeah Aaron, what do you give this song well i was also uh i also quite like this song um again i, I really had it's getting so hard because we're having a lot of really solid songs now that are not to me like Super, super awesome, but they're they're not they're better than good. You know, they are they're yes, legitimately yes. they're they're far better than good. So I had to really kind of rack my brain, and I ultimately 
Um, I like the song better than All in Good Time. I like the song, I think, slightly better than Back. Uh, I don't like it as much as Baby wow. Seat. I don't like it as much uh, as like Am I the Only One? So it gets a solid. Wow. It gets a solid three point eight for me, which I I, I had to think about because that ties it with aluminum, and I really did quite like aluminum. Mm. But I think I like this one as much as aluminum. It's just apples and oranges. They're very different. Totally. Songs. Um, but I think they're they're both equally you know enjoyable in their own way. Um, so I like it. Yeah, three point eight bridges to nowhere for me. My, Perfect. Uh, wow. Famous for my restrained enthusiasm. <laughs> so Canadian of me. Tracy, <laughs> how, of about, me, I guess. how about you? Oh, I'm glad you went to Aaron first because <laughs> I have been struggling with this uh-huh. song quite a bit. I love Kevin. I love his voice. I love the fact that he's reaching out and doing different things with this song. But, I'm going to add another hashtag for this episode. I think that this is the Summer of the Bees. Hashtag Summer of the Bees, because we are spending all summer on the bees this year. And one of the things I love about that is there are so many bee Mm -hmm. songs that I love Mm -hmm. by this band. Um, So, I say that... Knowing where I'm going into this with this song, I didn't enjoy this song. To me, I know. I know. I'm gonna get all the hate mail this week. (laughs) And I didn't enjoy this song. Like I like what I. think he was trying to do with it but to me it didn't blend right it i didn't like the connections between the the different genres that were there um each one of them had he taken each of the genres and done them separately and fleshed out a full song for each i would have loved it um, I because I, I definitely like what he was doing with each of those parts of the song and i have to say like i one of the big struggles for this song for me was the end. I love jazz. And I love listening to Lou Reed. And this song was very much Lou Reed at the end. It was I could have listened to a whole song of just him and the band doing this type of ensemble at the end. Um, part of me was actually really sad that it ended as quickly as it did when it got to that outro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that being said, I like... Each time I listen to it, and this is... I try to listen to each song ten times each week. This is one of those songs where I struggled through each and every time because I just couldn't... I did not like the mixture of the pre-chorus and the chorus and the verses. But I, I get where he's going with it, and actually listening and talking with you guys about it tonight has actually risen my... Risen? Raised? Well, my score. And this is going to seem absurd even (laughs) after I say that. Okay. We have to have a low end. What was it before? I want to know. I want to see the benefits of our our, uh, sophistry. Tell us your score now, and then tell us what you were... Today, your new new score... Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You like me with the TPNZ <coughs> song. Like this is a song that the had, song had the choice to, to me. The song <laughs> is dead to me. Wow. Yeah. Because now it's a two. Two is the high score. Tonight's episode because is of the, because of this. Dist- <laughs> 
because of this discussion, I will come back to it now to listen to it again to try wow. to give it another chance. But like my plan was to delete this off my playlist and never come back to it because I just couldn't. It was wow. the more I listened to it, the more I disliked it. Um, so yeah, I mean we have to have low numbers. This is for me this probably going to be your one of the lowest. lowest score to date. Tracy. It is. It is. Wow. I have like, and I, unfortunately, all of Kevin's other stuff has come lower than every other song by BNL, and I hate that because I do love Kevin's voice. I think he has an amazing harmony, and I, I think he has—he's an amazing songwriter. We will get to some that I think he is absolutely amazing and wonderful on. I use that amazing and wonderful a lot. This is probably my lowest wow. Kevin song ever. So wow. sorry, Kevin. You tried something, and I—they gave you grand scores. I, I just—I—I I can't. I'm sorry. That is crazy. So, Bag of Bones is now between Angry People and 2020 Hindsight. I am at this point cowering so that I don't get the evil glares from the rest of the group. No, it's fine. <laughs> hey, I gave another postcard a one, and I proudly give it a one. So, you know, <laughs> giving. As long it's as this okay. is, this is a, it, it, I, I still can't understand rating this lower than the children's songs, Tracy. But uh, I guess well, that's because I have children it, and they, they hit a special so, space in my so. heart. Honestly, angry. And you know what? There might be a couple of children's songs yeah. that later on. Yeah. that's why it's a two and well, not a one or a zero. Yeah. There, there is still room to go I mean, down. Wow! Oh my goodness, angry people is a pretty good song. So putting this in the company of angry people is not a disservice. But I do think that it deserves to be rated a little higher than a two. But I guess that's why <laughs> Michelle and I are here to balance it out. That's we right. Balance it. Wow! Interesting. <laughs> Bring balance to the force. Yeah. Um, Karen's hot take. Yeah, <laughs> I am blending all of those. <laughs> That's four at this point. Oh my goodness! Uh, I love it. Don't do too many more. I'm gonna have a really hard time. <laughs> it's gonna be like a. <laughs> I've always wanted to be a jingle singer, so yeah, you're fulfilling your list. dreams. <laughs> nice. Cross off. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I always wanted to have a personal jingle, so... It's going to have to be a returning thing each time yeah, now. Hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> They're selling like hotcakes. <laughs> you can't see me shaking my head, but I am. Shame. I feel shame. All right. This week's appearance. Oh, yeah. I, want, I want to get through this week's appearance oh, real quick, and then I... I have three quick ones I'm going to throw out there. The first two I'm just going to blaze through and, and put up there, and you guys can listen to it. I want to finish up the Junos. Mm. So in the Junos in 2010, they were giving out the single, the best single for to Michael Bublé. So they presented that. So I'll be putting that post up there of when they presented that. And that was just them giving banter, but doing it, I'm sorry, really badly, guys. Um, but how many people do really good banter when their lines are written for them? Uh, same thing's too, true with 2011 Junos. They were giving yes. out, again, the best single to the young artist for Haiti for the song Waving Flag. And once again, it, you can tell it's written banter that they're not really into. My final one that I want to put out there for tonight is in 2011... They also did a tribute to a number of bands, mm. um, big Canadian bands from that year, and the tribute to, quote-unquote, the band, 
um, <laughs> with Kevin was showing us showing off his phenomenal ability to play the keys oh, while yeah. he's playing the song "The Shape I'm In." Um, so if you fast forward through, you can watch all the other ones. They do some really great, um, some really great uh, covers of all the other songs as well. But it's not Kevin. So if you want to just fast forward to the to the Kevin piece, um, he starts playing the intro and then plays throughout the song for the song "The Shape I'm In" at seven minutes and twenty five seconds. Um, and even though there are twenty other artists on stage helping out with that last song you can still hear kevin throughout the song playing phenomenally on the keys it is gorgeous i always love the key work that he brings and, and actually tracy it's funny i'm glad you mentioned that because prior before wrapping up i was going to say that in contrast to your description <laughs> of, uh, of the song i would call it a charming musical frankenstein and oh. when I when I thought that good, one up, it, up. it made me think of Frankenstein by the Edgar Winter Group. Frankenstein's monster. I am almost assured. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I knew you were going to go there. Uh, I am almost oh assured. Almost assuredly that that was also a patchwork song. They, that's why they called it Frankenstein. But like uh, like Edgar Winter uh, and like Frankenstein's creation, Kevin is a monster <laughs> on the keyboards. <laughs> Oh, nicely done, sir. Right, I'm done. <laughs> I'm bowing out on that one. After that, you are. <laughs> uh, well, that was, yeah, hey, I, I think I enjoyed that conversation. And even if Tracy wasn't on the same page as Michelle and I, I think, you know, we had a good conversation about it. And uh, I enjoyed the song, so glad that we did it. It was nice talking to you guys. So do you think our podcast has gone to the dogs? Or, well, maybe it was already there. If you have criticism... Too much sophomore humor. Or praise. We love praise. We take praise. Please send us electronic postcards by visiting us on Facebook or Bare Naked ABCs. Uh, visit us at BowlingStormtrooper.com, all one word. Or write to us the Bare Naked Truth of the Matter at ABCs at gmail.com. Also, if you enjoy us, please go on to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. It helps us with the algorithm to new listeners. We are going to go from the very last recordings that they made to their very first TV appearance next week. So, that's right, we're not covering a song next week. Nope. We are going to cover one of the weirdest paraphernalia in the BNL library next week. We will be discussing The Ballad of Jordan. So join us next week, and thanks. That was fun. Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets. Except maybe one. Check, check, check. All right, we're good to go. Sibilance. Lion face. Oh, lemon face. Ah, lion face. Oh, lemon face. Benedict Cumberbatch, metafeminist lumberjack. You know, I keep wanting to call this song Big Dogs because, it, you know, they keep saying big dogs, biting dogs, barking dogs. Um, I know it's actually called Bag of Bones, but I keep wanting to say, I really like big dogs. I say, it's so funny because every time we, we bring it up, I keep wanting to say, I like big dogs. And I cannot lie. <laughs> it's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 